You're listening to Clone Dance Party, Season 1, Episode 4, Effects of External Conditions. Sarah arranges to meet with Helena, and Allison is forced to impersonate Sarah in a meeting with Mrs. S. and Kira. I'm Bob. I'm Liz. I'm Lynette. I'm Janice. And I'm Nukechess. Welcome. Welcome, Nukechess. Thank you. Thanks for coming on, and thank you for designing the uh, new iTunes logo for our podcast. Um, It's certainly a big improvement on what we had. Well, I got inspired, and when I looked at the what you had for the album art, I said, oh, he's just waiting for album art. (laughs) Yeah, it was was definitely a stopgap. Yeah. No, I'm 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 glad that I could do it. It was uh it was a lot of fun. So, can you tell us how you started watching Orphan Black? How much of it you've seen, and about your podcasts? I started watching. I got into Orphan Black because of Clone Dance Party. It's been on my list. People have told me that I need to watch it, but I am a cord cutter. I haven't had TV signal in over three years, and I've been very happy that way. And I used to like start watching shows on you know the various websites because. You can watch almost all network TV on the various websites. And then I realized that was just too much. So if it's not on Netflix, I generally don't watch it unless it's special. So I just never got around to Orphan Black. But then I saw you guys were doing a podcast. I like everyone on the podcast and I've been meaning to do it. So I am watching new with you guys. And then I didn't start watching when you started recording. So I watched the first four episodes this weekend. Oh, great. <laughs> okay. Actually, I watched the first four episodes Thursday and Friday, I believe it was, because I couldn't stop watching them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you have that in common with a lot of us, I think. We went through them pretty quickly. Oh, I was supposed to tell you about my podcast, but yes. I forgot to mention, as soon as I finished watching the first four episodes, I started sending messages to Lynette, and I was like, okay, so these are the things I can't talk about on the episode I'm going to be on, because I'm sure you guys have already discussed it, but... <laughs> <laughs> So at least I had another newbie to, like, talk about it with. Oh, you, <laughs> yeah. you can talk about past episodes, just not future ones. <laughs> no, it was the whole first scene on the, on the train. They definitely said New York City, and on the set, on the platform, it says IRT. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which yeah. is a line connecting the Bronx to some other uh, areas. That's definitely a New York City train, so it doesn't make any sense, that one thing. It's like they thought they were going to do New York and then said, you know what, we're not going to get away with this, and then just gave up and did the whole Toronto thing. (laughs) So I was really confused. Well, for whatever it's worth, the cast was filmed in New York in Central Park this week carving pumpkins. I have no (laughs) idea what they were doing in New York, but they were definitely all there. That's pretty funny. Oh, they they went down for the parade. It would be fun, you know? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So anyway, so my podcast is the Nutty Bites podcast, where we debate geeky topics and highlight what's awesome. Most of my episodes are generally just debating things like who's the most ineffectual sci-fi character ever, who is the best Batman, what's the best lame superpower, things like that. But then there's like other kinds of episodes that I'll do in between that just basically I try to focus on things that are awesome in geek culture. You can also hear me on Beyond the Wall, a Game of Thrones podcast. It's a a podcast that goes through Game of Thrones without any spoilers. We used to be the only one of that nature. Now there's some others that do that. We inadvertently became kind of an intro cast. The people that were on it, uh, we had all read the books, except one of us who had only read the first book. And he decided with season two, he wasn't going to read the next books and he was going to be a newbie. So we kind of get that a little, we have like one newbie that 
you know, we'll be discussing an episode and we'll say, so Chich, what did you think about that? (laughs) 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 To get his ideas and his predictions. You can also hear me on Epic, which is another geeky podcast. You can hear me on Run For Your Life, which is a rockabilly, really cool rock music podcast and a bunch of other things. But you can find everything at nimlass.org. There's links to everything there. Well, it takes a lot of guts to do an intro cast on video. Yeah. yeah. You risk the facial expressions giving everything away. Yeah, that's the other thing. Beyond the Wall is a live YouTube event. While the series is airing every Wednesday, we get online and we go on YouTube and we talk about it. So you can see our facial expressions. So there are times when I've got hands over my mouth because I'm not going to spoil anyone. <laughs> it's kind of fun. But that that bit of interactivity has definitely changed the podcast. I think it's been a great improvement for us because we get to hear what other fans are thinking and they ask us questions. That sounds awesome. It's fun. Wake up. Go to work. Work. Come home. Eat dinner. Rot your brain out. Go to bed. Lather. Rinse. Repeat. Are you tired of an old humdrum life? Tired of things that just weigh you down and depress you? Wouldn't you rather just focus on things that are awesome? Tune into Nutty Bites. Find out what's awesome. Nutty Bites. Nimlast.org slash blog. Okay, well, since you're our first newbie guest, what was your first impression of this episode? And I guess of the series to date so far. First impressions of the entire show has been great. There are a couple of things that you could nitpick, but there are some really great things going on there. I did notice anytime they talk about guns, they seem to be pretty right, which is rare for TV shows. This episode was the first time I watched it. I'm kind of like anxious because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is all going to blow up. This is all going to blow up. What's going to happen? And then uh, the second time I watched it, I got to enjoy it a little more because I was a little less scared for her and everyone. And I am intrigued by Kira. <laughs> Well, you shine now with something. Is that for me? Can I see it? We haven't seen each other in a long time, but we can change all that. See each other all the time. You're not my mother. How she knew that that wasn't her mom after not seeing her mom for 10 months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I have all sorts of theories going on, too. Lots of theories going on. So th- that's my initial impressions. Good. <laughs> Very good. Great. Lynette, what did you think of this one? Well, I thought that I probably was going to even out about now, but it still was, it was great. It was even better. I mean, I can't even pick a favorite anything. It was just, and I agree about Kira so much, especially after the whole scene with, uh, is it Allison and uh, Sarah talking about her? Is it your biological child? Well, Kira is special kind of makes sense now, doesn't it? (laughs) There's so much went on. It was just fantastic. I loved it. Yep, so you wanted that money Beth was holding, your self-defense fund. You're right, I was going to steal it and run. But I can't do that, because I have a family too, Alison. My daughter. Your daughter? Yeah, her name's Kira, and I'm meant to be seeing her today, but there's this 
killer up my ass, so... Wait, is she your biological child or, or adopted like mine? Mine? Why? Don't you think you should have told us about that before? Uh, why would I do that? I'm telling you now because we have to deal with this. Yeah? But Loved Helena. This whole ever should be called should be called the bloody bath of blood. <laughs> There's bloody everywhere. <laughs> As newbies, did either of you think that the kid was going to make it through the episode? Ooh, I don't know. I was scared for him. <laughs> yeah, it didn't occur to me watching it like they're not going to actually have her kill a kid on network TV, right? <laughs> but then. I was like, no, it's made in Canada. They could do whatever they want. <laughs> no, she's in the bathroom, and I went, oh, no, 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 no. When he steps in the blood and he looks at his foot, I don't know, that whole scene just... And I'm sitting there, like, in my head going, why would you keep walking? And I'm like, because he's a kid, and he's thinking, why is there paint on the floor? Like, he's not thinking it's blood. <laughs> he can't. Like, because kids don't think like that. But now, now he will. That poor kid is probably scarred forever. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting that... What was the name of the episode, Bob? Effects of External Conditions. Oh, okay. So that wasn't really the, the theme. But it seemed to me that what happened again and again was people realizing things about... Like the kid realized that Sarah wasn't the woman. What wasn't Helena. Hey, Trevor. Can you tell me what the angry angel looked like? He says, oh, he looks like her, but then when he comes up to her and she says, I'm not her, he, he accepts that. He's fine with that. He gets that. Kira understands that it's not her mother, and then Helena says to to Sarah, don't you feel it? So that was like, that happened through, you know, the whole episode. Mm. You're right, because it opens with her saying, I'm not Beth, I'm not Beth, over and over again. Right. Well, and But Helena believes it, she, and she realizes that something's going on. Well, I think like uh, when she was saying, um, when Helena was saying, I'm not Beth, she was using that as Sarah's name. Yeah, that's kind of how I took it, is she was saying, because she doesn't have a name for her yet, so she's not Beth. Uh, right. So she was yeah. just repeating, I'm not Beth, like, who is this I'm not Beth person? Mm -hmm. Right. No, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when she says, don't you feel it? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Well, maybe she did feel it because she let Helena get away at the end. Yeah, yeah, right. So what were your first impressions of Helena? And, and Liz and Janice, if you have anything to say about the episode in general, because we didn't get to that. So. Okay. Oh, no, I, I like the episode. I think it's a really good middle episode to keep us intrigued, but not spill all the secrets. I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, I enjoyed this episode, too. I enjoyed it more than last week's episode. Actually, I think this episode got my husband back into it, because I was at work up until, like, right about we the time we started podcasting and so I didn't have time to watch it today like I normally do so I watched it last night and I made my husband watch it with me and afterwards he's like oh I think I get it now I was like yeah that's right <laughs> is Jake listening to the podcast when I put it on while he's playing his video games yes oh okay <laughs> okay so what were your first impressions of Helena I didn't like her <laughs> um, no, I didn't, and, and you know, I think I mentioned this last week. You know, I when Allison first appears on the scene, I don't like her, and when Helena appears, it's like Allison starts moving up because Helena's like at the very bottom. <laughs> I think Allison moves up a lot in this episode when she impersonates Sarah. Mm -hmm. I, I, totally I agree. I really started caring about her, and 
seeing more of her as a full character there. I think Helena, like, I don't know. I feel like she reminds me of someone, but I don't know who. It's very strange. She's wild, though. Like, the whole the wings thing, the fact that she's been cutting her own the wings into her own back, and she's yeah, obviously Lynette, being used by somebody. Lynette, what did you think of finding out that Helena is carving the wings on herself? Well, she's pretty uh, flexible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how she did it, really. I mean, I'm still really not sure she was the only one that had part of that. Maybe who was helping her is dead. Like, you know, what's her name? Because some of that, there's no way she could reach that unless, like, she got a, a you know, device, some instrument that went, you know, behind her. And she had a mirror and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. She might. She's a tiny person and tiny people can reach, you know, the centers of their backs. I can't, but, you know, she's really tiny and flexible. Well, I couldn't have done this since I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. remember, she's crazy, so like pain doesn't seem to bother her. Yeah, pain does not seem to bother her. She's to me, she's like she is misfiring somewhere. Not all the cylinders are there. I don't know. I don't mean like environmentally. I mean like there's something wrong with that girl's brain. <laughs> well, she is a clone. Something could be wrong with her brain. Yeah, yeah. Of course, she could be a copy of a copy, and I think we all saw multiplicity. We know what happens there. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Like I have these theories that. There's like different batches and different experiments. So like I feel like the European clones are one test group and the okay. North American are another test group. Nice. Uh-oh. And oh. either Sarah was part of the European test group and they lost track of her or she's the base because she's the only one that appears to have biological children. But again, we're just speculating on the fact that, you know, Allison's like, wait a minute, you can have kids. I mean, it could be that the Europeans can have kids. And so this the next batch that they did, you know, they're like, yeah, we've got some problems with the European batch. They're a bit crazy and we're not sure we want that to pass on. So let's make the North American batch sterile. Oh, what so, an idea. I, you know, I like I have, that scene with Allison and Sarah because Allison's saying, what? She's your kid? You didn't think you were yeah. supposed to tell us that? And Sarah's <laughs> like, what? Having a kid is supposed to be unusual? Yeah. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, she's so confused. Like, why was I supposed to tell you this? Yeah. And, and in typical Allison fashion, she doesn't explain it. <laughs> no. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, Allison gets so upset over stuff, but she doesn't explain why she's upset. Like, she expects people to read her mind. I will say a couple of things about Helena. One is that she is very popular among cosplayers at conventions. Oh, I bet. Because she's <laughs> so bet. much easier to cosplay. Yeah. You know, she's you so do the easy. red eyes and. Yeah. And you get to use lots of blood. Yeah. <laughs> I do have to say that that was a wig. They did a fairly good job of making that look like not a wig. Unless they really yeah. tortured torture her hair like that. But yeah, that really looks, does not look as much like a wig as that, that what was the name of the one in the first one with that terrible. Katya. That was, oh, yeah, that was horrible. Yeah, you really had issues with the pink wig. Well, I yeah. feel like the Katya's uh, hair was, or her wig or whatever, like I feel like she was supposed to look like Franca Potenta from Romola Run. Yeah. Oh, like okay. that was that European German look she was supposed to have. The fact that she came from Germany, like, just kind of goes in the whole thing. Ah. The other Ooh. thing we saw in this episode for the first time was Helena eating. In this case, she was eating, you know, as she was sitting at Beth's desk. Oh, yeah. But watch for that. That comes up a lot, and it just gets funnier and funnier. It really does. When she took a bite of that muffin, I laughed way too hard because I was remembering other things. 
And it just, and just the way she eats it, the just her whole, when she's sitting at Beth's desk, just her whole like manners and she's just so rubbery. She's like, like she's, drunk she's not, high. Yeah, she's not stiff at all. She's just very like, I'm making movements that you guys cannot see because that's the only way I know how to talk. But she's making these just like very fluid, languid movements where she's just like, oh, muffin shoves in face. Oh, what's this? Knock something over. Meh. Like she's just so relaxed with all of her movements. And it's such a separation. Like we have Allison on the one end who is just so stick up her ass, uptight, tense all the time. We have Sarah and Kasima who are both kind of relaxed, a little bit more fluid with their movements. And then we have Helena, who is just like an amoeba. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> I thought it was kind of weird. I mean, it was ill-mannered, okay? People who consider themselves polite don't eat like that. But One, it, and I it seems don't... like she's been institutionalized. And two, she seems like she's drunk or high. Because that's right. how drunk people and high people eat, you know? Well, I think losing that much blood will make you drunk or high. True. Yeah. <laughs> very true. Yeah, It'll give you so. very, very similar uh, reactions. That's a good point about the institutionalized mm-hmm. thing, too. It is that is kind of what it reminds me of, See, seeing people in institutions. There's definite, I mean, it's it's not insensitive to say. People who have, and there's many different kinds of institutions, the people who have been institutionalized, they have been able to see that there it, there is specific ways of eating that happen you know you you end up being conditioned to eat in certain ways that look strange to people who have not been institutionalized it's a different mindset when you in an institution um you have a limited amount of time you have a lot of people around you uh you just kind of do it you don't worry about where your fork's lying (laughs) so when helena was at beth's desk i thought the video that she sent was taken on the computer or she did it through the computer like the first time i watched it i'm like wait how did she get the password how did she get into the the computer yada 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 and then the second time i saw it i was like oh no she did that all on her phone and then she emailed her yeah so i thought that was really interesting because like i i'm like ready to catch things and then they'll do (laughs) and and then i'll watch it again and they were like oh no no they answered that never mind (laughs) I think also like when she in a couple episodes past when she deleted the fingerprint results, she just deleted the fingerprints. She didn't actually empty the trash. Right. Yeah. As I say, that stuff's still floating around on there. Mm-hmm. So that probably will pop up. Well, one of the things we said we liked on this show is getting to see one clone impersonate another. Mm-hmm. We had that twice this episode with Allison impersonating Sarah and Helena impersonating Beth. Poor Raj. Uh-huh. Oh, God, yes. Oh, Raj. Well, see, I took it as three times because I've decided to start keeping tally of who's impersonating who. Mm-hmm. And so we had Sarah impersonating Beth because mm-hmm. that's still an impersonation happening. Yeah. We had Allison impersonating Sarah and then we had Helena impersonating Sarah impersonating Beth. So mm-hmm. that was like some clone inception shit happening right there. Cause there was, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because there was yeah, a but- impersonation of an impersonation. And so so there was three. Four-ish, depending on how twice removed you want to get. But really for the purpose of really seeing Tatiana's acting ability, I think that Allison impersonating Sarah was really the best. Because we really oh, no, don't have... Glorious. 
we don't really know that much about Beth. So Sarah impersonating her, I mean, she's, she's, it, she's got to do it to keep up the facade, but you don't really, you can't really say, oh yeah, this is a good impersonation. And, and we don't know enough about Helena and, and Helena, you know, she's, she's a little weird. I mean, she walks in and tells everyone to get out. I mean, I can't believe, you know, Beth. And they listen to her. They're like, oh man. And they listen to her. Yeah. That's really weird. So, I, I'm imagining in my head, like they left and they're like, oh man. Yeah, is in a bitchy mood tonight. Yeah, just yeah. get out of her way. She'll be fine right. in a couple hours. Right. <laughs> right? Do you think she's back on her meds? Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I don't that- think that the other cops would know about the meds. That's true. Um, well, I don't know. Art said he was covering up for her tweaker ass. So, I mean, I know he's her partner and he would probably see more than anybody else. Well, I think Art knows. And I have another theory about Art. We okay. like theories. Yes, I think. It. Beth, the real Beth, and Art were having an affair. Oh, thank you. <laughs> because he's like, I thought you were ending that. And she's like, well, you know how things go. Maybe we're not. And he's just like, are you kidding me? And then the thing he said about his ex-wife and when he told Raj to keep it in his pants and the fact that she would tell him, oh, well, you know, I've been mixing medications and things like that. It seems to me that they've got a more intimate relationship than just partners. And maybe they were partners who had benefits. And then I don't know. But yeah, I just I get this really strong thing. I don't know. I think they may have had an affair. And that's what's really bothering him because he's like, she's just acting like it like that doesn't exist anymore. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good point that I hadn't really seen. That's I'm going to do some investigating on that. <laughs> that whole scene where she's talking to him about Paul after Paul was visiting there, he seemed pretty uh, upset about that, him be- Paul being there. I mean, overly upset about it. I and mean, he had all kind of interface. I mean, really kind of aggressive about it. And I thought, that's really inappropriate. You're overacting. Well, maybe he's not. <laughs> maybe he is incredibly jealous. Or even mildly jealous. Or more like probably what you said is like, she's acting like nothing never happened. I don't know. It's just, it's definitely, it's strange. And it could play into like this other theory that I have. And the other theory is that all of the men that are in the clones' lives are all like plants. Ooh. <laughs> because why does Paul just keep coming back for more? And like, well, what about, we know that right now Paul is coming back for more because the tail suddenly got really good. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but that- yeah, what, how do we explain Alice's husband? I was going to say, I could see Paul being a plant, but Donnie? Yeah. I don't know. I don't, Donnie's, I don't know. Well, okay, so Donnie seems very disinterested. I don't really see why those two are even together. I really loved his whole thing, like, where she's like, well, you just stumble in after your drinks with clients, whatever, and he's like, I did that once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I kind of felt bad for him, but at the same time, I'm like, this doesn't seem like just like a loveless marriage. I don't know. Like, why is he always gone? Why is she the only one that's ever taking care of the kids? And I know there are some relationships like that, but like the guy comes home at like three in the morning every night or at least every Thursday night. Something's up. Why is he always gone? He's married to Allison. Yeah. yeah and he's too <laughs> boring to be having an affair. <laughs> he's not interesting enough to have like another woman. So probably drinking at the club. Oh, I forgot. On on the scene where Helena was in the police station, I got a flashback to um, Dexter 
yes. the Trinity Killer walking yes. into the station yes. to admire his handiwork. Yes, oh, yes, yeah. I have that in my notes. How creepy was it? Like, as Helena's going through all the things, she eats the muffin and she's touching all of her things and all this other stuff. I'm thinking, that is so creepy. And hopefully, and I'm thinking, I hope Sarah notices when she comes back. And then when Sarah comes back, like, the first thing she does is pick up the muffin wrapper and she's like, oh, something's wrong. Breakfast is gone. Yeah, and she already was tipped off that something's off because of how Raj was reacting to her. And I'm pretty sure at this point, she's not just going to go, oh, he, he he must be mistaken. She's going to be like, oh, crap, there was a clone here. Right. And then she realizes, like, everything was touched. And then she goes into the evidence room and sees that the doll was put together. Which is super creepy. And the picture of Maggie Chan. I mean, all, all kinds of wonderful stuff there. And that the They're xing out of the eyes, eyes of Paul. Yes. Mm. Which is another reason why I think there's something wrong with Paul. Because Helena is really mad at him. <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, Helena look- is completely stable, and we should always trust her opinions. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, she's definitely unstable. I mean, the, the fact that she put the, the evidence pictures into a doll form is very suggestive of that. I'm just curious, why did she call Paul down? What is she trying to do? Oh, why did it- she call Paul to the station? Yeah, to the station. To cause problems. To prove to Sarah she can't manipulate all that and cause her a, big, a lot of trouble. Yeah, if you can impersonate her, so can I, enough to get boyfriend to come down and rescue me. So you're going to have to come talk to me. And yeah. that altercation between Paul and Art, that's more for my theory. Yes, yeah. I was actually thinking about that. Because like, Paul's like, this is why she wants to leave you. And he's like, oh, she don't want to leave. <laughs> and he, he's like, the way that Art treats Paul, it's like, He's not just somebody that she said she was breaking up with. He's bad boyfriend and like just so distasteful to Art. Yeah, yeah. I really love that expression on Hilly's face when she walked into the evidence room. She just <laughs> looks at that that look on her eye, that smile. It was like, oh my god, you're crazy. <laughs> Out. <laughs> Out. <laughs> I have some questions. So why does Kasima have glasses and no one else does? Good if, question. If they're clones, I don't know why. Wouldn't their eyesight be the same? Yes, but that can actually fall into environmental aspects. I suppose. I don't know. If she had an accident, maybe. Or like, lots of strain over the years. I mean, she's a PhD student. We haven't seen her without her computer yet. That could put a lot of strain on her eyes, and she might only need them for reading. She might only need them for... Like, her vision might not be so bad, but for but a scientist, like maybe the others she would are notice... Away with not wearing glasses? Exactly. Okay. Like, I could technically get away without wearing glasses, but it makes everything just too hard enough for me to see that it frustrates me. But I have friends who have the same vision as me, and they're like, oh, I see everything perfectly clearly. Mm-hmm. So it could be that she, because she's a scientist and she deals with evolutionary biology that she needs to see smaller stuff better so she would notice changes in her eyes more than the other ones maybe okay maybe like i'm just sitting here like i'm like vision is like you know if if you're if your parents wear glasses you're probably going to wear glasses kind of a thing so if your base clone doesn't wear glasses you probably won't need glasses but right and everybody else could be wearing contacts and they just haven't referenced them poking their fingers in their eyes yet oh yeah that makes me think of who is an angel or someone, one of the vampires is wearing glasses one time. I was going like, <laughs> why would a vampire be wearing glasses? <laughs> I don't know if they had bad vision when they died. 
Because, like, uh, remember uh, from Buffy, the the first episode of co- the college year, there's the one larger vampire female, you know, yes. and it's like, that's always been my thing. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be turned into a vampire and I'm going to be the fat vampire. Yay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and then then you're you're really you're stuck at the weight you died at. <laughs> <laughs> there was a character like that on the first season of True Blood, too. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. And they also had on Buffy that bookworm one, I think Dalton, that helped them put the judge together. Right. Yes. Oh, he was the yeah. one with the glasses. Yeah, he was wearing glasses. Yeah, yeah. good hear that. Uh, but that also let us know that he was a nerd. Yeah, which may be the yeah. same thing they're doing with Cosima. Yeah. Right. That's what. That's one of those things, like TV, they, it's like, oh, this person's really smart. Let's put glasses on them. <laughs> glasses have nothing right. to do with intellect. <laughs> Although, you do remind me that William wore glasses but spike doesn't which probably well, means because spike is he too only cool. needed for reading yeah and spike doesn't yeah. read <laughs> <laughs> yeah he watches tv a lot yeah which means he's probably if he weren't a vampire he'd be ruining his eyes according to all the mothers of the world who are wrong <laughs> <laughs> okay so that explains it justified so what did you think of the scene where felix convinces allison to impersonate sarah i'm sorry but she wants me to impersonate her in front of her own daughter who she hasn't seen in almost a year. Ten months. This is terrible parenting, Felix. I mean, that poor child. I don't think you understand the situation here. If Sarah misses tonight, then she may never get Kira back. I'm sorry, but a request like this, maybe the child is better off with your foster mother. Excuse me? Sarah is out there risking her life, playing cat and mouse with Killer Clone so that your kids don't end up orphans and you think that she should lose her child for that. Yeah. I think you need to step up here, sister. It's one of my favorites ever of anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and the training is fantastic. Because, mm-hmm. like, we had in the first episode where Sarah is training herself to be Beth. And now you've got Felix training Allison to be Sarah. And I just love her whole thing. She's like, well, I did community theater. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the bonding over theater was just amazing. Well, I did just play a Nell in Steel Magnolias. Seriously? Mm-hmm. Glendale Community Theater. A Nell. A Nell. Oh, my God. The Daryl Hannah part. Yeah. It's terrible casting. Um, it was actually very good acting, Felix. Trust me, Sarah's no stretch. I got great reviews. From the whole neighborhood, I'm sure. Because he's supposed to cut up her shirt. And he's, she's like, hey, hey, hey. And he's like, no, you're a punk. Oi! <laughs> and then just the look on his face like that was the crappiest oi ever. I know, I love it. These are your worst clothes. Well, I'm sorry, mate, but I don't shop secondhand. No, no, it, my God, no. It's not mate, right? It's more like, um, it's like might. Might. Yeah? Hello, mate. Um, yeah, that's better. But, look, you're going to have to get past Mrs. S. So you really got to play the um, the dreary history there, you know? Mm. I mean, you basically won't talk. This shirt is all wrong. Hey, hey, hey! Not hey. You're a punk. Be one. Oi! Oh, oh, no, that's one of my favourites. And part of part of the reason it's one of my favourites is Felix makes a really good point when Alice is like, well, you know, if she can't make this 
meeting, then maybe she deserves to lose her daughter. And Fee turns around and is like, oh, yeah, because she's out there saving all your clone asses. And because she's being a big goddamn hero, you've decided she deserves to lose her daughter for that. And then she was like, oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) I did do little theater things for that. Yeah. I I do like, um, like, Allison's totally judgmental and she doesn't know the situation. And honestly, I kind of agreed with Allison in the whole like, well, maybe she shouldn't have her kid because Sarah did leave her kid for 10 months to go off with her drug dealing boyfriend. Having dealt with that sort of a situation personally with my nieces. Yeah, I never wanted their mom to come back in their life. So like I can understand saying that. But at the same time, in this specific instance, Mrs. S gave her the option to, to, to see Kira. And it's really not Sarah's fault that she can't. Right. And she is trying to do what's best for Kira. I mean, at least yeah. when she ran off with Vic to go be a druggie or whatever she was doing, she didn't take Kira with her. She knew yeah. enough to leave Kira behind and not put Kira in that situation. And, and knew enough whole... to leave Kira with Mrs. S. Uh, not feel Yes. Exactly. And she's doing her best to be the right kind of person. And when Mrs. S says, you need to be still, and she goes to, she has the money, she goes to take care of it, and she knows it's the wrong thing. We've seen Sarah grow enough to start earning the right for visitation with her daughter. We can see that she's actually trying to go in the right place and not just be like, oh, I want my kid because I should have my kid. She's she's yeah. honestly trying to be a mom. And so because of that, I was really on Fee's side for putting Allison in her place. Yes, a total agreement, total agreement on that. Uh, but then I loved it when Allison started trying to do her flexibility moves, yeah. her, <laughs> like slouching and everything and trying to move like so she could get the fluidity of Sarah. It was, I love that. I love how some of the clones smoke, some of them don't. And I think it's funny that Sarah doesn't smoke, but Allison does, because you'd expect a punk to be the smoker. Right. And Cosima does. Yeah, and Cosima does. Wait a minute. What is Cosima smoking, though? (laughs) No, Cosima's smoking pot. There's no question. Cosima's smoking pot. But I just, I thought that was really funny. Yeah. And then the other thing that I thought was really funny, like, all right, so Allison needs to be available. So she sends the kids off. She talks to her husband and then she just sits there. I'm like, what oh, is she no, doing? She just sits sit- there with and her gun she- and the ammo and her phone. And, and, and they're all lined up perfectly. Yeah. And, well, then, and then by the end of the mitten. day, she's knitted yes. mittens. <laughs> yes. She's knitted mittens and is drinking a glass of wine. It's fantastic. <laughs> Which that that will come up clue. again. Will it? Uh, yes, the mittens? Her, her knitting mittens will come up again, yes. Oh gosh, does she knit like just mittens when she's nervous? <laughs> I can imagine her having like tons and tons of does, mittens. I think she does a bunch of things like that when she's nervous because when she's having in, the initial conversation, she's folding. Yeah, well, you and, know, when, and she when she's on the do. phone with her at one point, she's scrapbooking. Right. Yeah. She, she's but clipping she's coupons, yeah. yeah. Oh, is that coupons? Okay, I thought yeah. it was scrap. Having knit mittens. Like, and finished a complete pair makes me think, like, because you guys were talking about how all of the different clones are really good in whatever their area is. Well, that shows to me that Allison is probably like one of these crazy super moms that does a million things and thinks she's inadequate, you know, compared to her clones. Meanwhile, she probably could like run circles around Martha Stewart or something, you know? Yeah. Yes. No, absolutely. I actually brought that up in one of the podcasts talking about how she obviously feels inadequate when she has no reason to. Yeah. Yeah. So I like I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, she she knits like, you know, 15 mittens a week or something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. All the neighbors at Christmas go, oh, God, he should cut the mittens again. 
Christmas. I've already said how much I love Allison, but this is probably a good point to say that I'm a Felix Allison shipper. Even though Felix <laughs> is gay and Allison is married and Allison is insane. I well, love do you every ship se- them or do you buddy ship them? I'm not sure, I, but I love every scene they're in together. Yeah. <laughs> I, they yeah. broke my bro TP of the show. Yeah. They really are. I love them together. I also like how we see Sarah goes straight to Allison. Mm-hmm. When both when she's physically injured after her fight with Helena to tell her about Helena, to give her the money to do all that, and she confides in her. And then outside of just, hey, we're clones, she can impersonate me. It's I trust Allison enough to take care of my daughter for this period of time. I think Allison is definitely the caretaker. Like she may be gruff and judgy, but she's definitely the caretaker of the group. And I thought it was interesting that she told Allison something and told Kasima some things, but withheld from each of them certain things. Correct. Mm-hmm. It just goes to show like like she'll give some information to Kasima, which is, you know, technical information. The sciencey, uh, yeah. The sciencey things, the scary things, but anything having to do with like emotions and heart, go to Allison. At one point, Cosima asks her, "Did you tell Allison about this?" I think yeah. it was about the knife, and she's, "Oh no, no, she loses her shit." Yeah, and Cosima yeah. didn't ask say anything about the fact that Sarah has a kid, which Cosima would be jumping all over if this is Did an issue. Sarah- did Sarah mention it to Kasima? She didn't. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, Kasima okay. would be talking about that because she, that would be medical evidence, right? So that right. would be science. She'd be very interested in that. But Sarah hasn't told Kasima she's got a kid yet. Right. Okay. So she's, she confided in Allison about her kid and confided in Kasima about the danger. Ooh, right. So I thought that was very interesting. And Kasima tangents are becoming, well, they are my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. When she gets all nerd excited yeah, about her right. science, I just, <sighs> I just want to give her a cookie and watch her talk more. Yeah. <laughs> the fish reads Christian and and uh, crafted onto a weapon, a personal crusade. Great, I love it. You know, when I'm seeing this branded onto Maggie Chen, I'm thinking that she's not a lone warrior. To extreme creationist types, we would be abominations, like not God's children, but but Satan's. So they hate us, and, and she's killing us even though she's identical to us. Well, but if you were a messed up, abused loner whose um, faith compelled you to belong and, and somebody that you trusted told you that this was the way to redeem yourself in, in, in the eyes of God, I mean... Yeah, I might become an angry angel too. Okay, got it. Thanks. This looks like a new blade inset in a much older handle. So the fish is a bitch. Semiotically speaking, like a, a universal wayback symbol of fecundity. But the, the these wings, though, they're, they're... Seriously, what is she on about? Quiet. She's just weird. Sorry. And I think Felix is right. I do think her boobs are slightly bigger. Either that or she just wears a bigger bra. Or a better bra. It's in my imagination. Does Kasima have bigger breasts than you? There's no way I can make dinner with Kira tonight. Well, you've got to. I can't. I'm stuck with Art, and this bitch is right on top of me. I can lead her straight to Kira. I know, but Mrs. S gave you an ultimatum. She's going to cut you off. I can hard place here for you. Yeah, your permanent address. I do have one really idiotic idea. <sighs> oh, good. I need to be in two places at once, yeah? Yeah. Well, if anybody can do that, we can. 
Yeah, she's she's got some good support. Yeah. It's weird because sometimes, like, I have to remind myself that they're the same actress. Oh, all yes. the time. Oh, all the time. Yeah, because Helena has, like, no moves. I mean, she's standing there looking up with her hands up in the air in the apartment at the end. And with that, just that uh, little top on, yep. that little slip top, she didn't have anything up front. And Kasima certainly does. Well, and, like, Allison doesn't look anything like Sarah. And I know yeah. it's probably because of bangs and the makeup and stuff, but it's like the way that she holds her face, the way that she carries herself. I'm so impressed. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. that You know what? Like, you know, Eliza Dushku and Joss Whedon are looking at this and going, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. that's the dollhouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh, and one of my favorite little side moments was when Sarah says, actually, I think I'm safest with the cops right now. And Felix yeah. is all incredulous. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. He's like, what? Mm-hmm. Did you just say that? I like how protective he is. He's like, you're not going back. You can't do it. Like, he doesn't want her to be in danger. And I thought that was really great. Yeah, I love Felix and um, how much he seems to care. Like, he's starting to care more about Allison now. But just how much he cares about everybody. He's uh, he's just such a good brother. And he's just such a good person to have in the mix. So that there's a non-clone who knows about everything, but is still yeah. practically a clone. Absolutely. And I, I, I wonder if, like, it's easier for Felix to develop feelings for the other clones when because they look like his sister. It makes it easier for him. So, all right. So... One of my brothers, he's a Vietnamese refugee. And so he has biological brothers that didn't grow up with us. And I've met two of them. And the one that looks like him, but 10 years older, it was so much easier to get along with him and get to know him than the other one. I liked them both, but I mean, it was like, you feel like that connection right away. So I definitely can see that with Felix. And I love the way that they're showing that brother-sister relationship. One of the things that I hated about Dexter is they often didn't understand how adopted siblings reacted to each other. And the show seems to get it. Especially like how you see them enable one another. And that's what siblings do. Yes. We enable bad behavior in one another. As supportive as we are, we also enable yeah, my mother-in-law's house has holes in one of the doors from my husband and his brother. A BB gun was involved and nudity. Yeah. And nudity. See, this just sounds like a wild night. <laughs> yeah. After we're done recording the podcast, I'll tell it to you guys. It's one of my favorite stories in existence. There were no <laughs> holes in my mother's wall when she sold the house because anytime there was a hole in the wall, it was my job to fix it. <laughs> but it happens a lot. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's one of the tours of the house, and this is the time I punched a wall. <laughs> My brother and I managed to put our heads through a basement wall at one point. See? It just happened. Awesome. See, I'm an only child. I didn't get to grow up with knocking holes in walls with my siblings. Yeah, we had nine kids, so there's a lot of it. That's a lot uh, yeah. more than what my parents had. <laughs> <laughs> all the handstands, I mean, all the headstands, you have to go up against the wall, and it's bound to happen. <laughs> right? Yep. Yeah. What did you guys think of the cootie catcher as Helena's note? On the fortune teller? Yeah. That fit. That worked really well. Yeah. I agree. She's she's definitely stuck in a a, a childlike developmental stage, Mm -hmm. which makes me think institutionalized, but not in any approved facilities. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and with her accent, like it would definitely have been somewhere in Eastern Europe and that's just not going to be approved. Yeah. But also... She made it for the child to give to Sarah. Yep. So I think that that speaks also 
to her incredible intelligence and able to see a situation like what is going to be the easiest way for this kid to give this to Sarah like handing a note is going to be boring so why don't I make this thing with him and then tell him when the girl who looks like me shows up play this game with her Mm. and so I think again it shows how bright Helena is even if it's in a way that we wouldn't necessarily immediately see as being intelligent I think her interaction with that boy also shows that despite her weirdness and her violence, she gets along with children. You know, wouldn't you have thought the kid would have screamed? I thought so. And, you know, but yet she says she brings him in. He's very calm. I mean, she's a scary looking person. And he goes then back he does, to bed know, covered in blood. He goes, he goes back to bed covered in blood. It's his mom who, like, you know, who's, you know, reacts. He's, yeah. So... Well, because he saw her back first, so he saw the angel wings, and angels are protectors. Mm. So obviously she wouldn't have hurt him. Mm. I don't know. That was just creepy. I feel bad for that kid. Totally. But But he doesn't seem traumatized. His mom seemed traumatized. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she took it much harder than he did. Yeah. Yeah, he seemed traumatized that his mom was traumatized. He looks just kind of confused and scared a little bit. All those people were running through his house. Mm. So do we still suspect the other cop, the other female cop of something? Oh, yeah. I hate her. I do too. <laughs> and that's not, that's not giving anything away. That's not spoilers. That's from the moment she appeared on the screen. The first time I saw her, I went, oh, no, I don't like her. Yeah, there's something wrong with that girl. And Something's up with her. has not changed. I don't yeah. like that woman. In my notes, I have, fuck you, D'Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even write down why I wrote it. (laughs) I think there was just something she said, and I didn't even write down which thing it was, so I can't tell you which one, but it just says, fuck you, D'Angelo, in really big letters. (laughs) For a while, I was feeling like she wanted to be Art's partner, and now I'm not so sure because she seemed like not to jump on the bandwagon about it being weird that Beth didn't realize that she was fighting with a guy. Something I can do? You ever fight a woman? (laughs) Depends, business or pleasure. Easy explanation for that is, you know, I mean, we all saw Firefly. It was bigger when I couldn't see him, right? You know, if you're in a tussle and you lose, yeah, it was a guy. He was bigger than me, you know? Yeah, (laughs) That's not a big deal. But the way that she, when she came and said that the crime psych guy said that woman-on-woman killings means it has to be personal, whether it's her first or her 15th. And the fact that she just goes with that. Yeah. Whereas I think, like, most women would say, yeah, so this is what they say, but I'm not sure I I buy that. I mean, because I know I don't buy this whole, like, women don't do crimes and, and they don't kill other women. Yes, they do. Let's look at the history books. I mean, there have, they, they say that there's no female serial killers, and yet there Elizabeth was one. Elizabeth Bathroy, anyone? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, there was one in the United States. I forget her name. I looked her up during one of the Dexter cast episodes, but she had, like, something like 18 different kills. And it happens all the time. Like you hear of black widows and things like that and they'll kill women and they'll kill children. And so, but so many times when they creating profiles, they exclude women. And I just don't see a female police officer buying that line. Well, you have to remember with psychological evaluations of serial killers, mm-hmm. 98% of the time they are a hundred percent wrong. <laughs> <laughs> The, the profiles that come up yeah. from profilers and from all of that, like 98% of the time, they're just wrong. They have wow. the age range wrong. They have the gender wrong. They have the color wrong, the sexuality wrong. I mean, everything. She seems to be leading art places like 
where is Beth anyway? And, and, oh, you know, all these questions like that, you know, leading him to, to thought process. Are you breaking up again? Him. I was saying about art and what's her name? I'm sorry. Uh, D'Angelo. Yeah. yeah. She just seems. D'Angelo's. D'Angelo's. Yeah. She just seems to lead him places like, where's Beth at anyway? And, you know, and, and, well, maybe I'll go with you. And I don't know. She just, I just don't trust her. Like she's being, it's like she's being instrumental in things. I also find it interesting that, and the only reason I find it interesting is because the police force is predominantly male and TV shows often only have 17% women on it. So it's a bit surprising that the only other detective we meet is a female. Mm -hmm. So it makes me think that she's important. Right. I hope she's not important. I dislike her. Yeah, I don't <laughs> well, like just, her. At just because she's important doesn't mean that she's like one of the heroes. She could be right. one of the villains. I'm totally okay with loving a villain. Like, don't get me wrong. I just really don't like her. I just don't want her on the screen that long. Even if, even if she's a villain, <laughs> she's going to be around a while. So I don't want that. <laughs> Lynette feels me. Oh, God. I, yeah. I mean, it, Mrs. S irritated me and I was suspicious of her, but I'm getting to like her. This woman is like, uh. so I'm <laughs> guessing uh, Beth is going to have to go back to being a cop because you guys are talking about how these people are still around. <laughs> You'd think we wouldn't see D'Angela after <laughs> she quits being a cop. Not well, that's not the last. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's true. She could be Art's new partner. Well, and if she's involved with the initiative, that's all I think I could think of right now to call him. Um, the initiative. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, she's going to be around whether she whether uh, Sarah leads the force or not. She's going to have her face in there. Mm. So yeah, and I they're, hope. they're definitely investigating this murder where they found the body. True. Yeah. And when they call to find out where those fingerprints are, they're going to find out that they're Sarah's. Right. At some point, Art is going to have to find out that not so much that there are clones, but there's people that look like his partner. Yeah. When you become a cop, you get fingerprinted. Yeah. When you go to jail, you get fingerprinted. If their fingerprints are so close, wouldn't somebody have noticed before now? Well, they might not be running running the prints against the police. Babe. But when Beth became a cop, well, maybe if Sarah got arrested after Beth became a cop, that would make sense. Okay. Has Sarah been arrested? I can't remember. Yeah, that's yes. why she they have. Record. That's the whole Prince thing. They came oh, back okay. as Sarah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah. yeah. Customer says it won't be a problem, and then Sarah's like, "Oh well." That's but I, funny. I just assume that Sarah's been arrested like from pretty young. Mm-hmm. So, what did the newbies think about the what Maggie Chan? Yes, the Maggie Chan development. Mm. I expected it. Oh. What, what about it did you expect? I expected that it was not an accidental shooting. She shot her on purpose mm. and that she had something to do with what was going on. Oh. And when they said she's a churchgoer, I was like, hmm. And then all of this religious nonsense came out with Helena. And then when we see Maggie Chen's apartment, the way that they describe this woman who was a pillar of the community living in that kind of an apartment building, that doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. I thought that was a little odd that she was like in Skid Row area. Mm-hmm. Uh, very odd. Well, Helena was saying something like, you know, the clones were not God's children. I can see a light in you. There's a light in all of us. No. No. The others bought copies of God's image of human beings. But not you. You're special. Do you the original? Yeah. 
and that that was what, what the problem with them was. So they were yeah, there are the abominations, devil. right? Yeah. yeah, right. Which fit with what Cosima was saying because she was saying that you know really religious types would would consider them abominations and you know, not children of God but children of Satan. Right, and then Sarah tells her they told you that you were the original. Is that right? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they lied to you, and Helena was trying to deal with that. And then yeah. she says something after that, and I couldn't get that part. Well, and. The thing that I'm curious about is Helena specifically targeted Katya. And I forget what she said, something about not being good enough or whatever. But Katya was sick. Yeah, she was very sick. Which means she was a defective clone. And again, that might be, you know, because she was first batch or whatever. So, and she didn't kill not Beth. I don't think it was because she says there was a connection, but I think it was because she's not actually there to kill all the clones. Because if she was, she could have killed Allison a long ago. She could have killed Kasima. Does she know about them? Did she know about them? She didn't act like she knew about them. She she only knows about the Europeans. And Beth. Because Because Katya Katya knew about it. No, Beth wasn't a European. Sarah's a European. No, she wasn't. She wasn't, but but Katya knew about uh, about Beth. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah says, you know, Sarah says, there's more of us. And she said, no, no, there's no more of you. No more of us. And she said, yeah, there is. Oh, I don't remember that part. Okay. Yeah. What she was saying, Lynette, was that Maggie Chan was one of the scientists who created you. Then she saw the light and she essentially came to God. So Maggie Chan was a part of the initiative and then decided not to be. Right. Okay. That was my theory about Mrs. S. (laughs) Which makes me think that Helena, Maggie Chan, and the dude in the van, they're not part of the initiative. They're part of some other group. Oh, great. Two competing evil groups. Yeah. Fantastic. We've seen that before. <laughs> oh, you never know. It could be like CIA and NSA, like one's there to clean up after the other. Mm-hmm. But they're really for the same thing. <laughs> yeah. But they don't think that they are. <laughs> but it, see, he didn't have a fish on his ring. He had a bird, didn't he? No, he had the little flame thing that was on the back of Maggie's neck. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I the, thought that was a, a bird. Flying fish? Yeah. No. Oh, is yeah, it a flying fish? I think it's, I think it's I a flying fish. It yeah. Okay. yeah, it's a fish it just with wings. The same. It's a, oh, yeah, so it's it was a fish the same group. Okay. Oh, like the knife is a fish with wings. Exactly. It's this. It's actually the same fish. On Maggie Chan's neck, it's a top view, whereas mm-hmm. the knife is a side view. Okay. I think I explained that right. Yes. Yeah, no, no. That makes sense. Now I'm just looking up flying fish because now I'm like, oh, gotta come up with more theories. <laughs> <laughs> Read all of Psalm 139. It'll give you a shit ton. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will say that several of the theories that have been mentioned in this podcast will be proven right in the next episode. All right. Yeah, there's, and actually there's a lot of spoilers that I had in my notes that I totally forgot were spoilers. (laughs) There was something that I was really excited to bring up and Nutty kind of mentioned it. And then I was like, I can't say it. (laughs) (laughs) And so this is, this is actually a prime example of why it's a really good thing that this is not a visual podcast because my poker face sucks. (laughs) And I would have just given away like, half the show to you but bob i actually messaged you because i couldn't i saw hold something good yes. yeah i couldn't i couldn't deal with it <laughs> i'm so glad that i brought my theories up early then i was trying to wait till the end of the podcast and i'm like i can't wait yeah. <laughs> oh no always pepper the theories throughout okay so i have one more theory which yes, is i'm that excited i love the theories <laughs> the message that sarah leaves on beth's phone to art yeah, that's going to come back. Oh, that has got to come back on her, right? Yeah, that is totally coming back. 
Do you think she'll forget to erase it? Well, she doesn't erase it, delete that thing off of the computer. She probably forgets to erase it, too. Yeah. No, who knows? Guys- Maybe it's saved in the cloud already, you know? <gasps> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why does no one notice in the clone's family lives that they've got another phone and it's pink? I don't know. Like, I've known people with two phones, and it definitely becomes part of the conversation. Yes. And it's definitely, and for Beth to be walking around with a pink phone, Ooh. like, and it's the case that's pink, not the phone. Right. So it's like, well, mm-hmm. my uncle is a sheriff, and he has two phones. He has a work phone yeah. and a home phone. So for Beth, it's kind of easily explained. For Kasima, because she is in this PhD program, she could have one related to sciencey project stuff and one related to non-sciencey, non-school stuff. For Allison, I think it would become really obvious because why the hell does a stay-at-home mom need two phones? Yeah. Unless she's having an affair on her incredibly dull husband. Yeah. But for Beth, like, Paul would be like, uh, what's that phone? I always call you on the other phone. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, like, how, how would he necessarily know which phone he calls her on? Because the phone number's not on the outside of the phone. No, I mean, it's not. But and like, he's my not sister- around her when he calls. So how would he know which phone she's answering at any given point? Presumably she was dating Paul before she got the pink phone. Okay. And like my sister has two iPhones. One's an S and one's a C. They look so much like each other. She almost had the same case for both of them and she sent it back and was like, I need a different color because I, I can't figure them out. <laughs> it was definitely a topic of a conversation. Anybody I've ever known, if you see two phones, like when they go to pay for dinner and you happen to see two phones come out of their bag, you're like, why do you have two phones? Like that just comes up. <laughs> yep. Was a big deal in Breaking Bad for Walter White when he got caught with the second one. Oh, there you go. And one of them's not a smartphone, but like a traditional phone. Yeah, like an older phone. Yeah. Well, it could be that they're good at hiding it, because I don't know that anybody has necessarily seen them. That's true. Like, they've seen them on other phones, but Sarah Beth has long hair, Mm. so she could easily be hiding it. Felix knows about them because she's more relaxed around Felix, and it could be conversations that they've had before we've entered their lives. Mm, Maybe. I mean, I, Donnie doesn't seem to be around enough to really realize there's a pink phone. Yeah, I don't think Donnie would worthless. notice. <laughs> to me, it only seems like maybe Paul would get it necessarily. I think Paul or Art. Yeah, yeah, Art maybe. Right. Because yeah. again, if he's supposed to be sleeping with her, he should know. Right. Right. About <laughs> By the, the way, that phone. theory has now become f- fact in my head canon for now. <laughs> <laughs> What did you guys think about Sarah saving Helena? I wasn't sure whether it was because she she did send something and didn't want Helena to be hurt or whether she just figured that nobody can see Helena because if they see these two people looking alike, it opens up a lot of questions. And Helena being caught would expose her as well. She'd you know, reveal who Sarah is. Right, exactly. Right. It was It was like self-preservation on Sarah's part. I think it would be very difficult for most of the clones to be able to hurt one another outside of Helena, who's yeah. obviously been conditioned. What are you going to do to somebody that looks just like you? I mean, right. that's going to play a huge part in how you react. And the other thing is, as you're saying, as they, everyone was saying, what's she going to do? Arrest her? Then she's got all of these questions to answer. What's the next step? Kill her? I don't think Sarah's quite at that point. Like, even disposing of a body that she didn't kill, she royally screwed up. And I don't think that she got it in her to actually, like, kill somebody. I mean, she she would have if that rebar, you know, didn't take the Cordelia path, but that was in the heat of the moment. (laughs) 
Right. Unless her you know, hand's forced, I don't see her killing someone. Because Helena had the gun right at her forehead. And he's like, you know, like, you know, go ahead and shoot me. She could have blown her face off and they would have known that it was her right away or looked like her right away. But she couldn't do it. No, I don't think she could do that at all. Well, Allison wouldn't seem to have any problem being able to do it. No. 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 Allison, if, if someone was going to come after her kids or now I yeah. think her clones, bullet to the head, not a problem. But if Allison were in that same situation and she did not fear for her immediate safety, did not fear for her children or the clones, like if it was just, you know, if she were in Sarah's position, I don't think I can see Allison pulling the trigger. Like, I don't, I really don't think she's cold hearted at all. I think she's just, I don't like using the word bitchy. Um. <laughs> but she's also, she's also very scared. I could see her being very scared and just deciding to do it. Mm. I, I agree with that. I think that she would automatically see Helena as a threat to her kids, period. The mm-hmm. end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though it wouldn't be a threat in that exact moment, I think overall she would see it as a threat and therefore guts to go. Mm. Oh, I wanted to bring up something. I mean, I don't really want to give anyone a hard time about this, but you were someone was kind of positing that there might be two batches, but the birth dates were awfully close together to, for there to have been two batches. I mean, there was like two batches like, well, this batch didn't work out or that there was something wrong with this batch, so we'll do a different batch. Weren't their birth dates too close together? Weren't the North Americans, their birth dates were in like in April and the Europeans were in March? Yeah, Yeah, there was a month difference. Yeah, there was a month difference. But doesn't that seem like, I mean, how would you really know that there was results? Yeah, you wouldn't (laughs) have results. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I still think that there could be different batches that they like. There may be multiple batches with like different variants in them. Mm -hmm. I do think, though, like it's kind of a a neat idea to think that Sarah is the prime. But if Sarah is the prime, why is she her birth date in the middle of all of them? And why is she even close to the same age? Like, I just think that she would have to be older. So I don't know. So maybe Sarah's a different. I mean, I guess it. Depends on how you do the cloning. I mean, if you clone from a fertilized egg, she could have been from a, you know, conceived egg, I don't know, a couple weeks old or something like that. And she, the birth dates could be all over the place because birth dates are all over the place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And no one says that these birth dates are true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could have put anything down. Right. That's right. True. So, like, we have like the regular batch and the bootlegged batch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, bootleg batch. What, like, you think someone stole clones? Maybe. Mm. So many ways to go. (laughs) (laughs) So many theories. So little. Uh, So many things we can't say about them. I heard you sigh. I heard you sigh, Are you you dying, Bob? I'm (laughs) crying. So do we have anything else to say about what actually happened? Oh, I do. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I answered my own question. I was like, wait, who just said that so loud? Oh, wait, never mind. (laughs) Welcome to How I Think. (laughs) No, I was just going to say that I love how Allison handled Mrs. S at the end. And she's like, yeah, I would like to do this again. And she's like, okay, we'll take it slow. And she's like, yeah, I'll I'll walk her home from school tomorrow. And was just like handling her demands in a very Allison way. (laughs) Yeah. I liked that. And I liked after Allison was like, okay, I'm not your mom, but your mom is doing something super important. And in order for you to see her, I'm your mom for today. And then they sat there and colored and she was Allison for the rest of the time. Yeah, I know. And Kara said, bye, mommy. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it was like up until that point, you kind of weren't sure which way Kara was going to go. And then she says goodbye and bye, mommy. You know, like, okay, I'm on board with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Well, aren't you full of surprises? You passed. You turned us his head for your uncle. Well, that's something. Uh-oh. Kieran, you right away. No. Oh, shite. Um, and the only other thing I have in my notes is I just have Kasima a lot with little hearts around it because I was just, I love her little rants and how excited she gets. <laughs> yeah. And if I wasn't so tired last when I watched the episode and took my notes, I probably would have quoted like everything she says because the science about this just makes me really excited. And essentially everything that Kasima was saying goes directly back to the title of the episode. Essentially, we are all different because we were raised differently. And the different variations and everything, but she was being all smart and scientific about it. And I was all tired and stuff. Well, yeah. And all that stuff about brain chemistry, especially like if they're 2930, I mean, yeah. usually that stuff starts to come out. Like yeah. if, if it's going to come out, it's going to come out before you're 30. Yep. I used to have a professor in university and she would say, don't get married until you're 30 because you won't know if you're marrying a schizophrenic or not. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's sounds actually, horrible, but she was a psychiatric nurse, right? Yeah. <laughs> like that very, was very true. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I, I know people have been on the wrong end of that, you know, and it's like, wow. Yes. But it's kind of interesting when, when you think about that. And there really are like so many environmental factors that can affect you. Absolutely. And some people are just predisposed to it and some people luck out because, oh, you had a great childhood, <laughs> you know? Exactly. You didn't get beat up about the head, you know? You didn't have traumatic experiences, so good for you. You escaped. You um, weren't raised under electrical wires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, and I you, love how Sarah was, or Fee said something about the killer clone being crazy. And Kasima, like, it doesn't even register for her. She's just like, yeah, no, brain chemistry can totally be different because of how you were raised. Like, it doesn't even dawn on her that he was being sarcastic or could have been making mm -hmm. a joke. She's yeah. just still like, science! Kasima mm -hmm. <laughs> is so analytical and yeah, like, that's really what is. I was saying before. It's like, Sarah gives her the facts and she gives Allison the emotion. You know, yep. Allison is, is all emotion. Kasima is all analytical and science and if you ever watch the, the show Sherlock, you know, the way that he speaks and it's like, right, you, you do realize you're insulting people. Why am I insulting them? I'm just saying the truth. You know, there, <laughs> yeah. there is that type of personality yeah. <laughs> that won't take insult because they're, it's the truth, you know, yeah. whereas other people might be insulted. <laughs> Wait, you just said that I'm, you know, bossy or crazy or whatever. And you it's like, no, well, that's true. I am. <laughs> yeah. So Sherlock is such a dick on that show. I love him. Oh, he's, oh so he's so perfect. I really love that show. Okay, does anybody have anything else? Just a couple of things for the series overall that I don't remember you guys mentioning. Sure. The neighborhood in which Allison lives in is the same neighborhood that the Ginger Snaps movies took place in. <laughs> which, if you've ever seen those movies, they're fantastic. It's B-grade horror movie uh, from Canada, obviously, about teenage werewolves. Oh, females. fantastic. Yeah, it's like the first time that anyone tries to make a werewolf sexy, too. It, it's wild. I, I remember... I, I haven't seen them all, but I remember watching the first one and I was like, this is so amazing. They're drinking milk from bags. Their money is different colors. Like, this is so wild. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then the story was just very interesting. And I think I read somewhere that there's some crossover of actors from the, the various movies that I don't want to spoil myself. So I thought I read something about Tatiana having been in one of the movies. 
but I don't oh, know. Fun. I don't want, like I said, I, I would start to read stuff and then I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be reading this page. <laughs> so I thought that was really cool. I definitely dig how they use the term washroom instead of bathroom because that's yeah. very, and then they've got Canadian money. <laughs> well, I, I've been trying to convince Canadians that they're required by law to watch Orphan Black, but hasn't gone so well so far. Yeah, yeah no one well, believes me when I try that. You know, if they put Paul Gross in it, maybe there'd be more luck, but I don't know. Oh, and then when she said the reason why she had she was in Scarborough is because she had to go to Bed Bath & Beyond. Like, it's so funny because, like, there's no big box stores in Toronto. You have to go to the suburbs. <laughs> and the suburbs are nothing but big box stores and chains. Ooh, it's really? Weird. Like, okay, I'm an American. I'm from New York, but... I've been living in Canada for six and a half-ish years. First, I lived in Nova Scotia. Then I lived in New Brunswick. Now I live in Ontario. I live outside of Toronto, so I'm considered in the greater Toronto area. It is so different from any other place in Canada that I've lived because it is all big box stores. It is all brands, you know, whereas when I lived in Fredericton, I very rarely went to a chain restaurant, you know, like they were all local places, whereas here it's like nothing but chains. So when people say, oh, oh, you're from Canada, you know, where in Canada? Oh, Toronto. Oh, Toronto doesn't count. <laughs> Everyone says Toronto doesn't count as Canada sometimes, but that's huh. what you hear because it's so different culturally. But yeah, the big box stores and the chains and stuff, it's very different. I'm not knocking it, by the way. I'm just observing. Right. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, so most of the stuff was, like, very, very fitting. I also want to know, like, where that bar is that they go to. <laughs> yeah, that looks like a groovy little dive bar. Yeah, so I think that's it on my notes. Okay, so then you can do quotes. Um, Nutty, you're the guest. You go first. I think I already said it, but... Uh, that's okay, we don't care. The, when, when Fee is cutting up the shirt, Hey, hey, hey! No, you're a punk. Oi! <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Lynette? Uh, so this is when Sarah first comes to Allison after uh, a little thing with Helena. How do you know you didn't bring her right to my doorstep? Because she's impaled with rebar. <laughs> <laughs> Janice? This is when Felix is talking to Allison about Allison impersonating Sarah and she starts saying the talking about her theater, community theater experience and she does the rain in Spain. Felix goes, okay, Eliza. <laughs> Holy shit. We need to pull a full reverse Pygmalion here. <laughs> yes. That was awesome. <laughs> that, that, that was my second one, Jenna. I'm so glad you did it. <laughs> and kudos to Fee for saying Pygmalion, not my fair lady. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Liz? My favorite is from the scene where Sarah is talking to Helena and Helena says, where did you come from? And Sarah says, I came out of the woodwork. Where did you come from? And Helena says, I came from God. Mm -hmm. Mine is from when Cosima is chattering away on the computer and an exasperated Felix says, seriously, what is she on about? And Sarah says, quiet, she's just weird. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Any backups? Sarah and Helena at the end. You wanted to talk? Let's talk. I think I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dying. I'll watch. <laughs> I'll watch. <laughs> and the way that she sits in the chair after that is just so awesome. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm not sure I can do this right, but Helena has, has just sat down at Beth's desk and Paul calls. And Helena just, he just purrs it. Hello, Paul. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, you are sexy men in picture. <laughs> <laughs> I got beat up. 
Come, yeah. get, come get me. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is Felix. One's a psycho who's killed four others, one committed suicide, one's a bloody soccer mom, and there's you. My crazy sister is sane by comparison. Thanks, Fee. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. I guess that's it for quotes. Okay, and let's do favorite clone and favorite non-clone. Buddy? It's tricky. It's 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 a toss-up between Allison and Helena, simply because of Helena's going through the police department. You, you can, you so can pick more than one if you can't stand it. But I no, I think I think Allison is going to win out because she achieved her objective. She was awesome with Kira, and she got Mrs. S to allow Sarah some more time. And favorite non-clone? That's basically got to be Felix, right? Like no one else really matters. <laughs> Yeah, they're in it with such small portions. Um, while they give me lots to speculate about, basically, you know, Felix actually does stuff and he's pretty cool at it. I like how Felix seems to be like the uncle every little kid loves. (laughs) Like Kira loves him, and then Allison's kids love him, and you know he's not responsible enough to be there like day in and day day out, but he's the fun uncle that play silly games with you, you know? Yeah. Yes. Well, Allison's kid seems standoffish at first, but by the end they wanted him to stay the night. Yeah, because he charmed him. <laughs> oh, that was another of my favorites. Does your daddy have a drinks trolley? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell's a drinks trolley those kids are thinking? <laughs> oh, what? Don't worry, I'll find it. So, yeah. Okay, Liz? My favorite clone is Allison, and my favorite non-clone, it's a toss-up between Fee and Kira. Aha! Ooh, Kira got a point. Yeah. Yeah, Kira's pretty awesome. I know she's going to get another point here in a couple of people, but... Okay, Uh, Janice? Okay, my favorite clone is Allison. I just love this scene where she pulls out the gun and the ammo and insists to wait. And then, and then this is the first time I really felt it happen where you, she, one of the clones is pretending to be another one and you can just see the layers. You can just see that it's not, not quite Sarah, but it's not quite Allison. But then she flips back to Allison right after she and Felix leave the house. It, you know, her walk just becomes really tense again. You know, so I really like that. Um, non-clone, I'm going to pick Art. You know, he didn't have a lot to do, but he had some to do and he had to re- react to some of what was, going on with Sarah and I like the way his face really fell when towards the end Sarah comes in and she says she's resigning and she hands over her gun and her badge and Art's face just really falls. Yeah. 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 Well my favorite non clone is Felix just because he's Felix (laughs) and my favorite clone is a toss up it is Helena playing Sarah and Allison playing Sarah they were both yeah I like that a lot. Okay. My favorite non-clone is also Felix, who I think is just awesome throughout this episode. And I almost never do it, but I'm going to pull a Rachel this episode. My favorite clone is Helena and Allison and Cosima. Ooh, there you go. Look at you just picking everybody. Yeah. Well, he didn't pick Sarah. No, I didn't. I'm not close to our record yet, either. I think that was six six at one point. (laughs) Okay, so ratings and favorite scene, Maddie? Yeah, I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10 swallowed up muffins. I can't decide again if my favorite scene is basically 
Helena sitting at Sarah's desk or and walking through the police office, or if it's Allison being Sarah at Mrs. S's. Or, or the montage of Allison learning to be Sarah. Yeah, I can't decide. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lynette? Okay, I am going to give it 9 out of 10 scrunchy-up art faces. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. In fact, I only took one point off for his his uh, over-dramatic aggression towards her during that Paul scene, but maybe there's a reason for it. I thought he's just being too much of a badass. Oh, yeah. And my favorite scene, well, everybody's going to have really good scenes, and I think they were all my favorites. So I'm going to pick one. It would be when Felix is talking on the phone to Allison, and he's painting, and then he puts the phone down. And that gets an underwear watch of zero, because he had no underwear on. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to bring that up with that. <laughs> you knew I was going to notice that, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Janice. Okay, I'm going to give this a rating of 8.5 out of 10 bloody brick roads. Um, There it is. (laughs) (laughs) We found out a lot about Helena this episode, although there's a lot more to find out. You know, the the scene with Allison pretending to be Sarah was great. Sarah's tension at work, trying to keep it all together, pretending to be Beth. There's just a lot of good things like that in this episode. Mm -hmm. Favorite scene? I think Cosima going on her tangent. Um, uh, over the, over the computer. Okay, Liz. I give it as my rating nine out of ten bare fee butts. <laughs> and my favorite scene is anytime Kasima is nerd ranting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I had to pick her as one of the favorites. So. She was great in those scenes. Oh, I just love her so much. Uh, I totally date Kasima ahead of all the other clones. <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. Kasima is my number one crush on the show. And not just because she's hot, but also because she's brainy. <laughs> it's yeah. the nerd. It's it's how it's excited she gets about her science. That's what it is for me. I would rate this uh, 9 out of 10 bigger breasts. <laughs> <laughs> and my favorite scene was Felix training Allison to be Sarah, and particularly their bonding over at the, the theater thing. You know, that, that was lousy casting. I got great reviews. Oh, yeah, I'm sure from the whole neighborhood. You know, the yeah. whole thing I thought was wonderful. I love them together. I love yeah, that he's no, trying to shame her for her suburban lifestyle, and she's just yeah. proud of it. Yeah. She's yeah. like, yeah, she is. The entire Glendale community. <laughs> that was a Daryl Hannah role? <laughs> <laughs> Terrible casting. <laughs> Okay, so do we have feedback? Yes. Do you want me to go ahead and start off? Sure. Okay, Simone Poole said in regards to last episode, yay, I know why Katrin picked this episode. Um, and then she says, Katrin Mills voiced some things I have wondered about Beth too. You always hear that there's no such thing as a coincidence, so the fact that Beth and Sarah are on the same platform is automatically a red light going off. Something is wrong here. I need Beth backstory. And then for this episode, we have Harold Wallen, who says, Allison and Helena are my two favorite clones, so there was a lot for me to enjoy in this one. One of my favorite moments was when Allison left Mrs. S's house, and she transitioned from her exaggerated, funky Sarah walk back into her normal, stiff Allison walk. I also loved Allison sitting at home, waiting for a call from Sarah, sitting straight like a teacher's pet in grade school, with nothing but her pink phone and gun, and then after spending what must have been several hours on high alert without a call, she brought out her white wine. 
As for Helena, we get a lot of new information, information, including her name. She has a lot of odd behaviors and diverse talents, such as hieroglyphics, DIY surgery, and bat carving. <laughs> oh, and the way she eats. So what are your theories about the connection that she feels with Sarah, which she didn't feel with Katya or Beth? As Helena pointed out, when Sarah let her escape through the window, Sarah must feel this connection too. And then Dan says, I'm enjoying Orphan Black's increasing tension as well as the new variations on clones impersonating clones. The show keeps bringing me back to two clone moments for movies. One, the boys from Brazil in which a shadowy nefarious organization, in that case Nazis, plant baby Hitler clones in various countries around the world, and two, multiplicity, in which Michael Keaton has himself cloned in order to have help in meeting the demands of his busy life. Sarah using Allison as a Sarah substitute felt like multiplicity callback, and the whole premise of the show so far feels a bit like boys from Brazil minus the Nazi aspect. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So does that mean Cosima's Krieger? <laughs> One person watches Archer. <laughs> I love you so much right now, buddy. <laughs> Hold on. I started watching Archer when O'Leary really and Gabby did. were doing a podcast about it, but they said in the first episode that we're going we're to spoil the entire series for you, so I couldn't listen at that point. You you, uh, you need to watch it. It's it's Get Smart meets Arrested Development. Yeah, that's that's what I've heard. It's definitely on my list. It's, it's so fantastic. Good. And seriously, Nutty, you did break me. I'm still, I'm having trouble holding it together. <laughs> Holy Jesus. Okay. Do you want me to continue? Yeah. Okay. Harold Wallen says, I like your new podcast cover art. Bob says, Nutty, who is our guest on tomorrow's episode, that's tonight, designed it. Thanks, Nutty. And Harold says, kudos, Nutty. And then, let's see. Oh, and thank you, Harold. And thank you, Harold. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Let's see. And then we have feedback from Ashley Cannon. That scene in the beginning with that awesome horror music of the mysterious serial killing angry angel clone we now know as Helena is one of my favorite scenes. That moment with the little boy is probably one of the most chilling moments in the series so far. I love the scars on her back that are cut into large angel wings. It gives more insight on who she is. We find out that Beth wasn't just someone who just accidentally killed an innocent woman. She killed Maggie Chen, who worked with Helena, who originally helped create the clones in the first place. Sarah figures out that Beth was protecting them, and the shooting wasn't an accident after all. In this episode, we see Allison willing to step up in any way possible, ready to protect her family with some wine, a gun, and her clone phone. So when Felix, we, we have now to see her trying out her impersonation of Sarah. She's able to fool Mrs. S, but Kira's not buying it. We also get our impersonation of Helena as Sarah as Beth, which is quite humorous as well as creepy. Art is becoming very suspicious of his partner and seems to really want to help. But Sarah's not spilling and decides that her best option is to leave all together. The face-off between Helena and Sarah is filled with absolute tension. Sarah can't pull the trigger nor get any information out of Helena. What makes Sarah much different from the other clones in Helena's eyes? In the end, she lets her escape. We see a certain side to Sarah where she realizes that she has to be more careful with the choices she makes, and she has people counting on her. She backs out of her plan to steal Allison's money, kidnap her daughter, and escape with Felix while leaving Clone Club behind. Now, she's really understanding what it takes to start over. I really enjoy this episode as we get deeper and deeper with the characters and their situations as a whole. Thank you, Ashley. 
Thank you. I have uh, audio feedback from Matt that I'm going to try to play. Uh, if you can't hear it, I'll edit it in later. First thing I wrote in my notes, Helena freaks my shit. It's not that she's an, an assassin with lacerations across her back, or that she has a doll head fetish. No, it's really the creationism that disturbs me the most. Best keep her away from Cosima. And Paul, too, I guess. I sort of feel bad for Paul. As much as it's possible to feel bad for a tall, attractive person with money. But it sort of sucks that his girlfriend killed herself, and now his clones are fucking with him. Literally and figuratively. Poor guy, just doesn't have a clue. And I feel bad for Donnie, too. Maybe we were supposed to think somehow he was somehow selfish or infantile, because in the last episode, Allison needed a babysitter, but he had a tea time. But knowing how tightly wound his wife is, I don't think we can begrudge him for wanting to get out of that house as much as possible. And are we supposed to think that she's some sort of self-medicating loser because she's drinking a bottle of wine alone? Because that's what I'm doing right now. As I've already said, I love Allison. She's great. Felix is great. Alex, Allison and Felix are the same scene. Genius. Not that it's a difficult-to-crack formula. It's the classic odd-couple scenario. He hates the suburbs. She typifies the suburbs. Is that a word, typifies? I think it is. She does love her kids. When Sarah spoke about her daughter, you could see Allison's defenses drop. Allison and Sarah may have little in common, but they can definitely relate as mothers. And I think that impersonating Sarah to justify Mrs. S.'s ultimatum was a pretty gutsy move. Although when Mrs. S. says, If you don't show up tonight, I'll never let you see Kira again, I don't buy that as a substantial threat. Unless I missed it, Sarah's still Kira's legal guardian, and she can't keep Sarah and Kira apart. So simmer down, Mrs. S. Kira is a weirdly aware child, isn't she? She hasn't seen Sarah in months, but instantly recognizes that this doppelganger is not her mother. Very interesting. Is she merely a precocious Muppet, or something more? More than what, human? Hmm. I better hear your theories, podcasters. And Art is just perpetually angry, always glowering, bossing Sarah, Beth, around. Easily my least favorite character on this series so far. And I'm shocked that you all seem to like him. Anyway, that's all I can think of to say right now. This is my favorite episode so far. Lots of Allison Felix goodness. We get to know Donnie a little better. Kira intrigues me. So, good stuff. I'm going to give this one 8.5 out of 10 reverse Pygmalions. And talk to you next week. Thank you, Matt. Hey, I like dokes. Art isn't nearly enough of a hard ass to bother me. <laughs> Man, I love Dokes. Dokes is so cool. <laughs> How would he react to Helena? Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> I don't think that Allison's a self-medicating loser. I think uh, she didn't start drinking until like the end of the day, so it was probably like 5 o'clock or whatever. And it wasn't like... She didn't fill the glass. I mean, I know it was a huge glass, but you know. Mm. One other thing. And yes, Mrs. S can totally keep Kira away from... Uh, Sarah, because all she has to do is tell Child Protection Services that, yes, Sarah hasn't been here and I've been taking care of her. And the first person that they will give Kira to is her grandmother, because that's essentially what Mrs. S is. 
mean, Mrs. That's S. That's legally what Mrs. S is. Yeah. Yeah. And so she really can. And having been in the situation with uh, somebody who, you know, the mom is abandoning the child and constantly breaks dates. My only complaint is that, you know, Mrs. S actually told Kira that her mom was coming because after a while, like we, we just stopped telling the kids that their mom was coming because it was too hard for them to be disappointed. So if mommy showed up, it was always a surprise. Yeah. But I understand Mrs. S saying, you know, if you, you bailed too many times and if you don't show up, I'm, I'm not doing this. I get that because it's like, I'm not going to go out on a limb and I'm not going to put Kira in this situation so many times. Mrs. S needs to learn not to tell Kira that her mom's coming out. Okay, and we got, as we were recording, we got an email in from Emily. I may be too late. No, you're not. And I don't have much to say since I didn't rewatch, but I'm loving the podcasts and the discussions. I love that we get to put a name to the psycho one, Helena, and I love any time one clone has to impersonate another clone. It's always gold, especially if one of the players is Allison. I love that they didn't fool Kira. I also love that Allison is involved with community theater. Best line is from Felix. Okay, let's talk nature. Out of nine so far, one's a psycho who killed four others, one committed suicide, one is a bloody soccer mom, and then there's you. My crazy sister is sane by comparison. Love that he included being a soccer mom in that mix. Favorite clone, Allison, of course. Favorite non-clone, Felix, of course. Can't think of a favorite scene since I didn't rewatch, but I have a feeling it would be Allison being Sarah. Um, thank you, Emily, and thank everybody that's left feedback this episode. Yes, thank you. Awesome feedback. Yes, the feedback yeah. is awesome, guys. Yep, we like it. Keep it coming. And uh, Nutty, thanks again for being our guest. And can you tell us again about your podcast or where you can be reached online? So you can find me and everything that I do over at nimlas.org, N-I-M-L-A-S.org. And there you can find the Nutty Bites podcast, as well as a plethora of other podcasts that I'm on, including Beyond the Wall, a Game of Thrones podcast, Epic, Run for Your Life, all sorts of really neat podcasts. And I guest on a lot of really cool podcasts. So if you see that I've guested on a podcast, you should check out that podcast because I don't guest on bad podcasts. Great. <laughs> and that's true. I've Thank heard you. I've heard a number of them. Okay, so join us next time for season one, episode five, conditions of existence. And until then, remember, don't try to fool Kira. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Detective Childs. No, you're not. Beth is dead, isn't she? What do you want from me? You could have killed me, but here we are. What? We have a connection. Uh, you mean when I stuck that piece of rebar in your liver? How's that going? I need to know who you are. Let's meet again. I never got your name. I never got yours. Helena. And, uh, last name? You're doing police work. But how long can that last? When the real police find me? I'm you. We're both the victim and the cop. Yeah, that would be bad for both of us. So come see me. Discuss. I already gave you directions. 
Detective Child. Things must be getting uncomfortable there for you now. Helena, you forgot something. Your friend Maggie. Oh, you're a terrible detective. Beth figured this out. Well, Beth shot her, not me. It's revenge you're after. It's not about revenge. It's about you. Right. We have a connection. You want to tell me about that? In person. You have my invitation. Why would one of us be killing us? What is wrong with her? Bad breath. Bad shit crazy. Does she know about me? About my kids? How do you know you didn't just bring her right to my doorstep? Because she's impaled with rebar, and I wouldn't do that. I have been living this nightmare much longer than you have, Sarah. I explained I have a family to protect. I do what I can. Thanks for everything. Well, you kept your word. You showed up. I mean, Kira. She's well. And that's uh, down to you. Sarah. I'm just, uh, I'm not used to an honest word on the subject. Um, I'd like to do this again, sooner rather than later. I'm not opposed, as long as we take it slowly. So, I'll be by tomorrow to walk her home from school. Straight home. Well, all right then. But unleash the doves. World peace must be right round the corner. <laughs> <laughs>